We're done talking about Fractured Butthole, Maggie. I don't want to hear about your butthole anymore. Yeah. And that's a South Park joke just that for you. That is a great South Park joke. You know, I'm going to write to Matt Stone and the other guy uh, and <laughs> tell them that you have stolen their joke and you need to be lawsuited. <laughs> lawsuited. That's um, right. What yeah. are you, I, I'm having a sort of nice evening here. It, it's finally raining for the first time in months. Yeah, uh, and I'm drinking a. Ze- let me re- let me read it because it's one of the new fancy diet cokes. They come oh. in like a tall boy can. Yeah. Uh, let's see, zesty blood orange diet coke. Ugh. It's I mean- terrible. Yeah, I was going to say, it doesn't sound very good, it's and really, also the name is bad. It's really bad, uh, but I have a headache, so I'm going to drink it anyway. Okay. Well, you know, if you need to tap out during during the episode today, just let me know. Um, if you're if you're unaware, this is Sam and Maggie Hate Glee. It uh, is. We, we watch Glee, we talk about it. Right now, we're, we're in the middle of... Well, not in the middle. We're, we're near, near the, the end. end. We are yeah. rounding the bend here, uh... Of season slow, two, let's let's, let's be crawl. clear. <laughs> yeah. We are coming to the end of season two, and there are still four more seasons after that. We're oh, nowhere God. near done with the actual series, but you know we're we're working on it. The so. ups and downs of this show, just the like the pacing of a single episode is terrible, but the pacing of a season is worse. It's so yeah. bad. Well, that's yeah. Before we even get into it, so today's episode, um, we're talking about season two, episode twenty-one, funeral. Funeral. Um, which before we even get into it, I just want to, ma- I, I just wanted to mention, I only took like three pages of notes for this episode because there just isn't like like that's in comparison to say like last week where I took like five pages of notes. Sure. Like on average, I usually take around five pages, but this one is just. Uh, kind of dry for a glee episode see i think it's um a good sign that there's maybe less that happens in an episode because i think glee needs to do less we've talked about that about how they might find a better rhythm and a better show in doing less (laughs) yes uh i wrote about the same amount of notes that i had for prom so okay interesting okay well maybe i missed a scene or two um, so let's, let's just, uh, start this off with this general information. This episode originally aired on May 17th, 2011 with 8.97 million viewers, which is down from the week before, which had 9.229 million. Um, so it was written you know. by Rai Rai himself, the Ugh. big man, uh, in the terrible hat and directed by Bradley Buecher, who has directed... I want to say a lot of episodes this season. His name sounds really familiar, so I I, I wouldn't put it past him. Um, yeah, I. Do you want to know how I knew that Ryan Murphy wrote this episode? Because it's bad. Well, that and also one of the characters says the phrase "Here's the dope," which is literally a phrase I have only ever heard on Glee. Um, <laughs> because Kurt said it, I think in season one, like. Did he offhandedly once? Seriously, so... is this like a this is like an Arrested <laughs> Development like meta callback? No, I'm pretty sure Ryan <laughs> Murphy just thinks it's a colloquialism. Sure, 
<laughs> well, or he's like trying how, to make it happen. Sort of like in an Aaron Sorkin show, how characters say <laughs> things that only Air, Air, uh, like Aaron Sorkin characters say. Right, uh, yeah. But worse, because this super doesn't make sense. <laughs> It's just like, like I it's I just, didn't catch it on the first watch either. But when I was watching it again, I was like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. No, no, no. Roll the tape back. Yeah, he said it. He said the thing. He said the dumb, stupid thing that doesn't make sense. Well, Sam, here's the dope. We'll get to the part later. We need to start at the beginning of the episode, which is with a recap. It's yes. just going over some stuff that we learned last episode that Jesse is back and he is becoming a show choir consultant. Yes. Uh... That they're going to nationals next week. This is... We're getting in here, folks. They're getting on a plane next week. Oh, please. Please. Just put me out of my misery. Oh, and the only other thing in the recap is that the honey badger still has some tricks up her sleeves, apparently. We are opening the the episode with a surprisingly light tone. Uh, I say surprisingly because... uh, when you're like watching this episode on some sort of streaming service like Hulu or Netflix or something, it like all the all the stuff looks pretty dark. Like the t- the title is funeral. The right. uh, little caption thingy is you know sad, and the uh, thumbnail is like Sue in a funeral suit. Like it is sad looking. Yeah, it um, is. I don't know how it was portrayed on TV. Uh, I'm not really sure how you would go about advertising something like this. So... Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. In that context, you're right. The other, But when you said that, I was a little confused because this starts with, uh, as the recap put it, super handsome Jesse yeah. is, uh, is being introduced Listen, to the show choir as a consultant. I'm, yeah. I don't want to throw shade. Um, and I, st- I think he looks great. Yeah. He's a little pudgier. Than he was last okay. season. Sure, sure. You know, he, he went to college. He Yeah, he went to college. Out. He dropped out. He's been eating, like, he's probably been eating garbage and <laughs> living yeah, in his parents' you know. house. Yeah, he's he's filling out a little bit. Um, So, uh, yeah, so he, she was introducing Jesse as the new consultant for yeah. the New Directions. We never uh, saw Jesse being hired. He's just here now. Yes, he is the consultant. Will has a nice long speech points to the whiteboard where it says nationals and uh, talks about how Jesse is supporting them in doing original songs. Yes. And then um, Jesse gets a little bit to talk and he immediately insults Finn. Yeah, um, it's great. He negs Finn hard. Yes. Um, so uh, I wrote down a line here. That yeah. I just, I just thought encapsulated a lot of feelings that I have. Um, Jesse tells Finn, you kind of sing and dance like a zombie who has to poop, which yeah. is very accurate. Um, it's sort of a meme to just insult Finn. Um, <laughs> True. Over and over again, every episode. I think it's to make us feel like he has something to fight against, like he is somehow oh, definitely. Um, no, disadvantaged. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is definitely, this is definitely the like like Finn's antagonism relationship. There's another part later, like, cause later in this episode that definitely pans out because Finn yeah. is like, Oh, I try so hard, but I'm just so, you know, I try hard, but then Jesse just ruined it all. And I'm like, yeah, your life is really hard. Um, <laughs> so there's, um, there's a part here where they're talking about what songs they're going to do at nationals. And they mention a, doing a duet. And Finn is like, Oh, well me and Rachel should sing that. That's when Jesse negs him. But yeah. 
Quinn doesn't say anything about her ultimatum from rumors. And um, uh, somebody does say something being like, well, we did lose when you and Rachel sang faithfully. That was Quinn. Um, Great. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, in order to kind of combat this, like you're saying, Jesse insults Finn's dancing and singing and then lays out a new strategy, which is vocal adrenaline strategy, which is you pick your best performer and then you kind of just build put everyone else around them, around yeah. them, which was very true of what we saw vocal adrenaline last year, exactly. at least for their like big performances. Uh, we did see them do like a, like the Amy Winehouse and uh, yeah. Buffy song. Do you remember those Duffy? Yeah. Duffy, um, I think, yeah, yeah. The those Mercy didn't even have Jesse in rehab. them. Uh, no, but well, that's because they hadn't hired him yet. So. No, he was not a part of the show yet. Jesse to- tells the Glee Club that they're going to do best performer auditions to identify this best performer, and that's what's going to happen later in the episode. That's where all the songs are going to be. So look forward to it. The <laughs> next scene is in Sue's office. It's Sue, the Honey Badger. Uh, Terry is here, and Howard from Sheets and Things. If you remember, he um, was a part of Will's singing <laughs> oh my God. group. Can we not with the Rockefellers, though? <laughs> I love Howard, actually. <laughs> oh, I, I do, too. I thought his part just... in Poison was really good. Um, <laughs> Sue decides to give him a villain name for some reason and calls him Panda Express. Howard's like, well, I'm not Chinese. And Sue says, well, Panda Express isn't Chinese. Well, okay. specifically, I did write down the line. She did say, neither is the food at Panda Express, which is a pretty good zing at yeah. Panda Express. Um, I mean, it is. It, it's a good zing at a fast food chain. I'm da- <laughs> like, you know, down with corporations. I'm chill with that. Uh, yeah. But it is racist to just sort of name someone. <laughs> yeah, that, that is also true. Uh, uh, well, there's a great yeah. little hacking scene here because <laughs> Sue wants to change the the flight plan for... Uh, new directions and yeah. howard's supposed to be like the computer wizard that terry has brought right. her um which he is, Maggie, he's Maggie, not let me ask you a question really quick yeah which is more racist calling him panda express or assuming that he's good at computer stuff um i think the panda express thing because i bet howard like does like inventory at sheets and things on their old okay. ass computer that they were able to like search <laughs> On the iTunes, <laughs> sure, with? yeah, okay. Do you Fair remember enough. this? Enough. I do. When, when when Terry was trying to seduce Finn, yeah, yeah, but that didn't go when anywhere. It, when it went nowhere. Yes, yeah. Uh, um, they break into Figgin's email. Uh, yeah, with one, two, three, four, and they say the best hacker line. Like, the, if you have a hacker scene, this has to be in it. We're in. <laughs> well, did you note that uh, Figgins' email address is gettingfiggywithit yeah, at AOL.com? I did see that. <laughs> that seems like a strange email to use for, like, your work. Yeah. Email. Was, well, yeah, it's just... Also, it's an AOL yeah, email address. Like, seems weird, shouldn't too. This... Shouldn't it be, like, a McKinley EDU? Or, like, I don't know, Lima public schools or something anyway maybe it's um yeah maybe it is a ad for aol hear me out we have other ads in this in this episode (laughs) that's very true panda express what what is it it it, what it what is that called like marketing product placement yeah product placement 
there's a lot of it. Yeah. This episode. Um, yeah. So Which seems uh, even more disrespectful, honestly, because <laughs> it's a it's an episode about death, and then they're just like, "Let's get our paycheck, everybody." Maggie, that is like the essence of America, though. Like, what a shame. Yeah. So just to kind of wrap up what this scene is about, um, Sue tells Howard to redirect the flights to Tripoli, which, which is, is in Libya. Libya. Um, and this is when Terry's like, so you want the Glee Club dead uh, because they will be captured like on landing or something. Um, well, yeah. yeah, it's a mess. Uh, but apparently it gets done. The next scene is uh, Becky and her mom approaching Will in the McKinley hallway to talk to him. They Mm -hmm. go to the auditorium together uh, when we find out that Becky has been kicked off the Cheerios by Sue. Yeah. Well, yeah, because she wants to join the New Directions. Um, Will asks her, can you sing? And she says, not really, but neither can most of the kids in Glee Club. Not nice. a good singer. Um, but uh, yeah, Sue kicked her off. We get a little scene of it, and it is especially Sad. harsh. It is especially harsh from Sue. Um, she literally is like, you're off the Cheerios. Get out of my office. I never want to see you again. Turn in your um, pom-poms. Yeah. So, uh, then so Will we, yeah. tries to like gracefully turn Becky down uh, right. back in the auditorium uh, because he's like, well, we're going to Nationals next week. And like... Everybody's been working really hard. Oh, okay, that so, sort of thing. Yeah, so let's let's talk about this real quick. Yeah, Becky and her mom are talking to Sue, and they're and Becky and her mom kind of like make this argument where it's like Becky just wants to belong. Um, to she wants to be in a group of people. Yeah. She yeah, and she doesn't feel like she belongs anywhere. And then Sue turns her down by saying specifically, "There just, there just isn't, isn't a place, isn't a place for, you. for you," which yeah. is the worst way to Not- do that. Yeah, not like, really the most like try, cool try. thing to say. I mean, you have so many good excuses, right? Be <laughs> right. like, we bought plane tickets to nationals. Exactly. So you can come hang out in the choir room, but you're not coming with us. Um, yeah. Well, and like he does at one point say like, you're welcome to join us next fall, which I think is a place you can like end it with. But you, yeah, like agreed, like be like, sorry, we already bought our plane tickets. Sorry, we're going to Nat. Like, like you can't just join a club right before we go to nationals. We only have like a week of school left. Yeah. Like y- y- there's plenty of things. You didn't have to say this like terrible, awful thing to someone who was obviously in a bad. I like, think it like, was supposed harsh. to be reassuring, <laughs> but it's Will- not. It's not done well. No, Will obviously doesn't understand what reassuring means. Um, no, but I mean, yeah. Becky and her mom don't really react poorly, but that's because no. they've been written to yeah. not. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, um, like, we could definitely try to, like, explain that away. No, but I, I think the main not. gist of this is that Becky and her mom are written specifically to be like just the only reason this is happening is to tell us that Becky left the Cheerios. Yeah, it's to and convey to give... information. Yes. And then to lead into this next scene where Will runs into the teacher's lounge. To yell at Sue. Yeah, to yell at Sue about this. Um, well, wouldn't you? Like, because no. Becky was like her was like her sidekick and her friend, you know? Yeah. And, like, seeing her get tossed aside is sad. Like, it is. Will doesn't know anything yeah. about Jean at this point. That's, that's fair. The I main think thing- it's a reasonable reasonable reaction however it is unprofessional to yell at a coworker. 
See, that's that's where I think, like, I think it's reasonable to say, like, that doesn't make sense. And, you know, like, I would like to get to the bottom of this because I think it wasn't very good for Becky. And it sounds like Sue isn't in a very good place either. But that doesn't mean you rush into the co like, into a communal co-worker space and yeah. just yell at the person and be like, you're a terrible person. and You don't know how to why, treat people. Why are you so evil all the time? And then... <laughs> right. So yeah. It's like, well, my sister is dead. And yes. Becky reminds yep. me too much of her, which is why I kicked her off the Cheerios. Then they have a rather long discussion about death, where Will is immediately remorseful, yep. and Sue is very sad. Yes. Um, the The main takeaway from it is that Sue, like, so Jean got pneumonia, um, yeah. And the doctors were like, oh, she'll be fine. Um, you know, she'll, whatever. And then Sue left her um, for one of the nights she was in the hospital. And at like 2 a.m., that's when Jean died. And Sue feels very bad because she feels like she should have been there. She yeah. should have, you know, you know, whatever. So she's very sad, obviously. Moving Definitely. on. We we jar we jar into a different scene. I, I have to wonder if maybe, gosh, I hope there's a commercial break or something. <laughs> Because when you're watching it straight through, you just flash from, like, a very sad Jane Lynch face to Rachel Berry's, like, knee-high socks as she walks down the hallway. It's very strange. Yes. Um, Well, yeah. She is monologuing on top of this, basically cosplaying as a narcissist, staring at herself in a mirror that she cannot look away from. Uh, Right. She is walking down the hallway to sign up on the Best Performer audition sheet. She talks about her bangs, about how she'd never had a boyfriend uh, when she was doing this originally oh, well, for Glee. Yeah, yeah, because Ryan Murphy is making a very ham-fisted comparison to the yes. pilot. Um, so, of course, um, yeah. But she, so she does even she even puts that little gold star next to her name because it's a metaphor. Does. Yes, and um, we also see that Santana, Kurt, and Mercedes have also signed up for the solos. Um, So then, as Rachel gets her gold star up there, Finn passes by, and she accosts him for not signing up. Um, Yeah, um, not signing up for this. Uh, And he says the phrase, I don't need nationals to feel better about myself. Yeah, this this is the part where I said that he cries about how Jesse said a mean thing to him. Um, yeah, I mean, but Finn does need nationals to feel better about himself. <laughs> like, yeah. that's kind of a big part of his character. Right. Is yeah, see, how he needs to, like, have the group that he is, quote unquote, leading succeed so that he can feel better about himself as a leader. Right. Um, the The other thing, too, is that Rachel does say the line, you're really good, Finn. Um which Izzy? I made a I made a fart noise when I like, when that happens. Like Izzy though? <laughs> no, he's not. That's that's the thing. Jesse said a mean thing to him, but it was a true, a true mean thing. thing. <laughs> like, it was a little hyperbolic, but yeah. like it got the it got the point across, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Maggie, obviously zombies don't exist, but yeah, like <laughs> What are you talking about? There are blackface zombies in this show. Like, oh what are you God. talking about? <laughs> That's so... Maggie, why is this show so bad? I don't know why the show is this bad, but it is really, really bad. The next scene is Wemma sorting vests in Will's oh apartment. God. They're, like, going through all of Will's wardrobe, and Emma's like, wow, that's a lot of vests. Um, <laughs> so what a fun Sue's, joke. 
<laughs> Sue's fake news plot has worked, and Will is leaving uh, to do Crossroads this summer in New York. Yes. Um, so he he makes it very clear during this scene that he is not leaving McKinley. He's going to work on Broadway over the summer, and then he's going to come back because the show will only be open for a single night because it's that bad because he wrote it. Um, <laughs> but um, but I'm so they're amazed sorting... that it's like on Broadway. Like I don't really know how that <laughs> works, but like how. Did she pay a lot of money? Maybe I like, thought I she didn't know. have any. <laughs> well, yeah. See, I don't. I don't know. But so the the nice thing, um, so Emma's helping him kind of pack stuff up so that yeah. way he can pack his suitcase to stay in New York um, and then like put stuff into storage or give stuff away. Um, she has some really nice like moving organization techniques. Like she has like three big boxes with lots of really clean, clear labels as to where everything's going. And which we'll is, compliment them as well. Yeah. yeah. Like honestly, I, I usually don't agree with Will on stuff, but like I agree with them on this one. Like very classy, like a very good way to move. Um that's just yeah. I mean, it's because Emma's the best, uh, right. and uh, she brings out a certain vest, and she's like, "Oh well, when did you get this vest?" And he's like, "Well, you can't get rid of that one. That's the one I was wearing when I started Glee Club." And she's like, "Okay, what about this one?" And he's like, "Well, that's the one I was wearing when I met you, Emma." Wink. <laughs> and then he, she folds it up, and she's like, "You have to let the past die. Kill it if you have to." And then. <laughs> and then well, then she takes out a lightsaber and slices him in half. <laughs> no, she does. My favorite thing is I wrote down metaphor where Emma is a vest being given away. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I did like the the thing about this is that Emma is getting like snarky with Will. Yeah. <laughs> which I liked um, because well, she, I, yeah. I, maybe it's like Emma taking this SSRI or something or like finally kind of dealing with her... Um like compulsion issues but she seems healthy and good yeah yeah no definitely um especially since this season she has been weird which i want to loop back to that like we can do that like way later like maybe oh can we explain her did she have straw man disease (laughs) no let's let's just say we we got some suggestions oh from a listener you know you told me that we got an email but i purposefully did not read it because i want to have fresh ears okay well we'll get to that at the end um but yeah so uh emma essentially we we get this metaphor it's very whatever where it's like emma's this vest and he has to like give her away because he's gonna leave or whatever Uh, but there's a sweet moment where he well i guess it's not sweet it's just a moment where he throws it in um the give it away box and emma's just like hmm (laughs) <laughs> well that's yeah because like the way it, i i understand now there might be some mis- miscommunication on our end emma doesn't put it in the giveaway box she hands it to will who does and then will just puts sort it in of the giveaway it box in there <laughs> right after he keeps the glee class the glee club vest um, yeah um okay but, and, yeah but, but maybe it was like because she no spoil no spoilers or whatever whatever you're listening to sam and maggie hate glee <laughs> fuck you um 
How dare you? <laughs> Emma I is... love you, listener. Your ears are sacred. If you don't want to listen to this spoiler, you don't have yeah, to. Yeah, do your do a thirty second um, jump here. Emma is wearing this vest later in the episode. So was this Will giving it to her in like a roundabout way by putting it in the donation bin? Like, is or did <laughs> she fish away, it out? Giving away? No, she definitely fished it out. <laughs> later because he's surprised that she has it oh well but, like, but it is i do love the idea of like in will's mind he's like oh yeah. giving it away means that like emma can just take it right like i, I can't yeah. just hand it to her it's just a roundabout way of giving it to her <laughs> uh yes so the next but, scene is yeah. the hudson and hummel bros finn and uh kurt Bringing Sue flowers to her office at McKinley. Yeah. Uh, Kurt and Finn talk about how they can relate to her because of their dead parents. Right. And Sue shows some more genuine grief. Yeah. So this is, like, in my opinion, I this scene, Sue gets a little too personal for students, in my opinion. Like, that's usually Will's wheelhouse, where he, like, talks about things that are very inappropriate to talk about students with. But yeah. Sue is, like, like, very much, like, how was how did Jean live and I like how did how did I live when Jean dies because Jean was a nice person and I'm a terrible person and it's like whoa you can't unload that onto like teenagers yeah she really shouldn't but at least it's a more like when Will does it uh, it's very inappropriate when Will does it. When she, this this I can see like we don't reason, see Sue do the, this a lot. Yeah. yeah, the reasoning feels okay. For at least a little bit because right. she is definitely going through actual pain right yeah at least yeah. it feels that way I, uh, jane lynch's performance is really pretty spectacular uh she I talks agree. about how she doesn't want to go through jean's stuff and she doesn't want to play in a funeral then we transition yes. to the choir room where we see the bros um talk about how they want to play at a funeral for jean uh, Jesse nags this plan. <laughs> That's a nice way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. He he poops it in favor of preparing for nationals. Um, you know, I really thought about writing poops in my notes uh, <laughs> when I was watching the episode. No, I'm being serious. Like oh, I was like, I, I could write poops here, but I'm gonna write nags. I, I like both. I, that's that's one of the things that I've noticed over mm-hmm. the past like almost a year now of us doing this podcast wow. is that our vernacular is just way very similar it's slowly very... melting into sort of one nebulous mass <laughs> yes as glee but, tortures um... us <laughs> but so yeah so he negs the plan because he he brings up the fact that vocal adrenaline is on like 500 billion hour a day rehearsals where they're all in iv drips or whatever yeah he um pl- just sort of prattles on and then finn's like no i'm being a leader and i'm making this call we're doing the thing and yes. everyone's like wow good job finn <laughs> yeah i wrote down that shoe smirks um which i was just like this is gross um but yeah so they're gonna do the funeral um so then we move to uh what i called rubbing it in because Shu is thanking Sue for letting Glee do the funeral. Yeah. Um, and he uh, offers to let her lean on him um, because, you know, she's in a place of pain. Yeah. She does, she does clarify in this scene that she didn't, she didn't ask them to do the funeral. 
But she does appreciate yeah. it because they're going to go through Jean's stuff. Exactly. She she's she's essentially using this as a way to get Kurt and Finn to go through Jean's stuff for her, so that way she doesn't have to do it. Yeah, she calls them Frankenstein and Lady Trousers. Um, I just wanted to point that out because she promised to only call Kurt Porcelain from now on. So maybe to his face. Maybe that's what. Maybe in her mind, she has a she has a claw, uh, an addendum there that says only to your face will I call you Porcelain. Well, um, uh, and then she just bullies Will some more. Yeah. Well. It's her wheelhouse. Normal stuff. Uh, Except, you know, with a little smack of grief pain. The next scene is the best performer auditions. Uh, It's Jesse and Will sitting in the house uh, at a little table. Jesse talks about how he took a class at UCLA uh, about how to be a reality show judge. I would love to take that class. If only to see, one, who it was taught by, and two, uh what you would read like what's the textbook i don't think you have a textbook i think you would watch a lot of television dude i Um, would be so about this class i'm serious i would take it maggie the problem is like yeah there's like rational people like me and you that would take this class but think about some of the like terrible terrible people that would be like this is my this is my thing i can do this i guess in like the glee universe this is a for real class, right? There are people right. taking this class to become reality show judges. I feel that at a a universe, in our universe, a university in our universe would have this class as like a sociology, um, like sort of uh, exercise, exercise, yeah, to, like, yeah, to yeah. examine yeah. <laughs> reality no, that, television. That's actually a good point. That would be very interesting. Then I, I feel like there might be more like texts but i don't know what they would be they're all written by randy jackson and the d the dsm4 with like bookmarks for uh borderline personality disorder and socio 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 uh, sociopathy we need to get out of here so santana sings back to black uh as the first song here uh she's wearing like a peplum uh, yeah. blazer on top of she's got like a red pencil skirt and a dark blue navy peplum blazer she looks great yeah, obviously I agree yes no she she looks very good um, and she sounds yeah. better yes that's so my only complaint with this performance is that it is too short um, yeah the, I mean the full um, like re- sold recording is pretty fantastic okay yeah um, yeah so Jesse draws a cat during the performance yes. and then insults Santana <laughs> afterwards. Yeah, because he says nothing. He's just like, oh, you can leave the stage. And Santana's like, you were writing during the whole thing. So <laughs> that's all you have to say. And uh, then we see that Jesse did draw a cat. And he he says some shit to Santana again. Like, I'm not even really sure what his complaints are. We know that he's pulling for Rachel because he's trying to seduce her. We already know or this. something. It feels nefarious, but yeah. So he, I think his complaint was something about how like it didn't have the right emotion or oh, something. Oh yeah, like it wasn't emotional enough <laughs> as the first one, and it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? But yeah, so then we move into Kurt's performance. Um, Kurt sings "Some People" from Gypsy, which, uh, which is, is also- an 
interesting choice. Uh, what's more interesting than his song choice is his outfit choice. Oh my god, I'm so glad that you caught this too because like that's a vest, right? But it has yeah. like okay, so an it's, open it's back. Black and white. It's black and white. <laughs> He's wearing pants with like a skull pattern on them. Yes, uh, but from far away, it could just look like black and white camo because sure. it's that um, sort of nebulous. And then yeah. he is wearing like vest is a is the term to use i think well the front it's a it's definitely like a cargo vest it's like a cargo on the, the front, front. It's, it looks like a cargo vest made out of like sleeping bag material <laughs> yes. it has it has a lot of pockets the back i think is made out of like pleather or something that's a little bit shinier and it's okay yeah there's a there's like a u-shaped cutout starting well, about mid shoulder blade <laughs> and then there's two things that tie it up See that's that's the thing is to me that just read as like an open back like it's just like it's completely weird. open with like two like measly ribbon straps. It is <laughs> the it's... weirdest piece of clothing he's worn. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. There was the time he literally wore like a seatbelt to school. No, the um... harnesses were cool. I liked those. <laughs> this outfit is just sort of strange because like the shapes, it, it's all just sort of lumpy, yeah. like. Very, the pockets, that's a, the pockets that's are the best. Point. The pants are a little like uh, loose, looser than what he would normally wear. So they're sort of lumpy too. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it, it, agreed. Um, but he sings his, some. I people, like his big white boots, though. His big white boots are good. Yes. Um, so he sings it. It's a it's a good performance. Um, but it's Jesse reminds us fine. at the end that the song is a quote girl song, um, but also. Not not just any girl song, an impressive girl song. Yeah, uh, Jesse talks about how he can't compare to Broadway legends. Uh, yeah. Which why would you expect him to? He is a teenager. Whatever. Um, it's a. It feels like a flimsy excuse to me as to right. why Kurt shouldn't win. But all of these like that aren't all of Jesse's comments just sort of feel stupid. Right. I think they're no, supposed they, to. Um, yeah. How'd you like Kurt's dramatic power slide at the end of this Broadway number? (laughs) You know, it takes all kinds or something. Um, (laughs) He should have just sang uh, Rose's turn again. (laughs) Okay, but yeah, um, I don't know. Glee Glee doesn't like to do that. They only like to do it when they can use a different cast. It's true. to do it but anyway so so yeah so then we get a break it's um, a choir room interlude that opens with saint jesse jesse saint sucks <laughs> yes um because Love kurt it. and santana were upset by the reception that they received yes um rachel blindly is just like oh you know he's making the best decision he knows what he's talking about and i, <laughs> I put down i put down love and also collusion maybe yeah um definitely collusion <laughs> but yeah so uh mercedes is like i'm just you know what i'm just gonna i'm gonna go out there and i'm gonna slay it don't yeah, even bother um, preparing rachel she, she is like we all know you're in love with him rachel stop defending yeah. him and then she's like by the way i'm gonna go wrap this up like a christmas present so don't even bother nice. warming up and she leaves nice. uh she sings try a little tenderness yep uh and it's really fantastic like really great uh she has a smaller band than uh kurt and santana did but it's mostly just okay these numbers can sort of fall into the trap that 
the Night of Neglect numbers did, where it's yeah. just like single people singing on a stage. However, I think the cinematography for this one is a little bit better. Like we get like the camera moves around the stage a lot more. Yeah. Uh, and we see like shots of the musicians, lots of shots of like the drummer and the guitar boys sort of smiling at each other. Um, yeah. <laughs> no. Know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I feel like there was a like, um, like a like the lighting was good. Yeah. For it, like it, like it had like a nice like kind of like softer lighting. Um, let's, and that kind of because yeah. of the comment that Jesse gives to Mercedes in a second here. Let's talk yeah. about the choreography that these kids have done so santana just sort of stood at the mic there was some sort of sensual stroking of the mic stand that like the camera zooms in on it (laughs) yes well and then kurt is like jumping around on the stage he's all over the place and then ends with that power slide (laughs) right and then mercedes again we're back to some more of the like kind of like microphone stroking-esque she kind of walks around a little bit more though um yeah and definitely yeah yeah like kind of bends a lot when she's doing her belting and yelling um i mean it's good yelling it's good yelling uh at the end of the number which is very good will thanks her um, yeah it's so fucking weird that he's like he's like thank you for reminding me like that reminded me of when you did the pilot thing because this is a ham-fisted metaphor for those auditions yeah and like thank you for reminding me about that and also like that performance was just so good well Um, is definitely the paula of this panel definitely (laughs) um yeah so then uh Jesse calls her out for not practicing yeah. or doing choreography. Uh, yeah. Um, keep that in mind, by the way. Uh, Jesse <laughs> is full of such shit here. He calls her lazy, which is pretty... Yeah. F- I don't know. It's racist, I think. Um, I, I, I agree. I think the the only part of this like, is that it... I think he does have a valid point in that Mercedes does say, like... He's like, how many times have we practiced that song? And she's like, I don't I don't practice. practice. I feel my music. <laughs> Which, like, you know, that's fine. That's, yeah. you know, that's, that, that is fine. It's just when it I just think of, like, It doesn't really read as true to me because right. Mercedes does such an, uh, like, a fantastic job whenever she sings. Right. So, like, maybe part of it is that Mercedes doesn't think of it as practice. Like, maybe she, like, sings these songs to her, like, like when she's doing her, like, household chores or whatever you know like or driving in the shower. or something yeah so maybe she doesn't think of it as practice um so like sure like that's fine it's just i think i think that is a fair point that like if you want to be like he, a big soloist like you can't just have talent he, you also have to be willing to like you know put, put, in, put in the work or whatever it, but, he calls yeah. her not a star too right which... well that that's just because he's a shithole yeah i hate him uh, so will seems uncomfortable with jesse's judging uh, mm-hmm. But he doesn't say anything, because why no. would he? Uh, <laughs> because he's scared of Jesse, Maggie. He is scared of and, Jesse, I think. <laughs> honestly, I might be too. Um, but yeah, so as as Mercedes leaves the stage, she does tell Rachel, I hate him. That is a quote. Um, Rachel comes out and sings the closing number to Funny Girl, My Man. Uh, standing completely stationary. Yes, BT so yeah, let's let's tackle that right now. There's no choreography whatsoever. She like raises her hands a bit and cries. That's not choreography. That's not anything. Like Yeah, uh she's crying basically immediately. <laughs> by the way, she yes. cr- she cries 
like she's crying first note. Right. Uh, Jessie, before she starts to sing, is like, hey, are you singing this to anyone in particular? And he like, he's like leaning forward, like all the way over the table. And Rachel's just like, no. Well, and so, but then we, we do get a like weird little shot of Finn, oh. uh, of gassy infant Finn in the hallway. Yeah, this is during um, the actual song. There yeah. are, There's like a little... It's not even through the whole song, so it feels no. like sort of a strange afterthought where we get little shots of Finn um, in sort of a... It, it's very soft-focused, and yeah. he's just smiling at the camera like, ha yeah. <laughs> no, so, so, okay, here's my theory about this, because this episode kind of sets up the idea that Rachel and Finn are going to be a couple again. Um, Why? <laughs> do, you think, do you think Ryan Murphy was like... Rachel and Finn have to be a couple. No, you don't understand. They have to be, and he every and every other writer is like, man. Yeah, every other writer is like, no, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. We're not doing that. So every time that like they get the baton for their episodes, they're like, <laughs> distance these two fuckers. Like, yeah, no, every, no, no. Every nah. time that like Brad Falchuk is at the he, they all share one computer, right? Every time <laughs> that he's at the uh, the keyboard, he's like, okay. Here's my reasoning. Listen, Ian. Come here, Ian. And Ian's leaning in. And he's like, here's here's what we're going to do. We are going to say that Rachel can't be with Finn because she needs to leave Lima. Right. That's, or that's like, how we're going to get them apart from each other. Yeah. Or, or like, we're going to we're gonna push Quinn back in. We're going to, we're just going to f- fist her into the and, triangle. And listen, you know? Finn's going to be really into it. Yeah. It's... I mean that's that's honestly because that's part of it is you're you're very right in that a lot of this feels sudden and like afterthought e where it's like oh Finn and Rachel have to be a couple so we have to make sure that there's bad like a basis for that yeah um, even though Rachel does seem very into Jesse and exactly. seemed into Jesse last episode too uh, yeah yeah I don't know about this folks. <laughs> Yeah, it's so. But anyway, so Finchel might be endgame no. for uh, Ryan Murphy, but it ain't endgame for me. And we no, know it ain't it's... it ain't endgame in RL because. You well, know. yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that's. I think that's part of it. It's just that, like, like I think they did have a real life relationship, like the actors. They did. So maybe that was part of the reason that, like, maybe they pushed on this too because they I, thought that you know like i guess we're together in real life so we should be together in the show too like i don't know but it just doesn't work for me and it doesn't um, really make sense to me either because no. like rachel has said herself that she wants to be alone and all this bullshit right well there's, that's a lie we there's knew just that been no lie. turn to this no. to this right, right. yeah no it's i stupid. agree um, uh yeah the song is fine. Rachel describes it as like the hardest song she's ever sung. Yeah. But I I don't know about that. Maybe it just hurt a lot. Maybe that's why she cried. <laughs> Maybe her throat just like got like a real thrashing. When, uh, did she, when did she get her surgery again? <laughs> like, oh, that was a couple episodes ago. Never mind. Um, but Kurt yeah. cannot contain his applause, though. Like, no. As soon as she finishes, he's like, oh, she sucks. But man, can she sing? And he stands <laughs> up and just yells, bravo, and starts clapping. Uh, yes. Santana pulls him down and is like, no, and calls... Yeah. Um, calls it rigged the whole the right. whole thing 
Which she's right, it is. Um, yeah, because Jesse only compliments Rachel after her performance. He's like, I have nothing bad to say. Um, which Santana's like, that's bullshit. <laughs> um, which... Yeah. 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 He wants into her pants. So um, Shu puts off making the decision. Yeah. Because, because it weak. is his decision. His decision is final. He's right. the one who's going to do this. Um, yeah. But he needs a couple days. And everyone's just like, okay. So the next scene is uh, the bros, Finn yep. and Kurt and Sue at the uh, nursing home where Jean lived, sorting the objects. Uh, yes. That. Yep. I I didn't realize that Sue was going to be here. I guess Sue was here for like the very end of um of it. Yeah, cuz Kurt Kurt as as we get into the scene, Kurt is showing us where all of the stuff is, like and what all the piles mean. Um so I'm guessing Sue has arrived recently. Yeah. Um and wasn't here for most of it, but yeah, so they have like stuffed animals and like trash and yeah. then like memory stuff and then they say there's a little there's a couple things we don't really know what to do with and sue is like just throw away everything just get rid of everything. yeah sue she takes one stuffed animal it's like a stuffed elephant and yeah. she seems really sad uh she just wants to get rid of everything else because she has memories of her sister already right that is because well, that's what yeah. kurt says is he's like when you lose someone you like you want their things eventually and she doesn't really seem all about it. One of the no. things they don't know what to do with is a Willy Wonka tape. Yes. Uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, we find out that uh, from Sue that Jean would watch that like three times a week. Yep. Uh, yeah. Good taste. So. And but then yeah, um, uh, they talk yeah. about the funeral and why do you even want us to put it on? That sort of thing. And Sue says that uh, with the Glee Club running it. Someone will at least show up. Yeah, she she was scared no one would come to the funeral. Which um, man, this is some yeah, this sad is, shit. <laughs> it's like see, okay, like that's the thing. It's like I don't know why they thought these two plot lines should go together. And they shouldn't. I mean, to be fair, I don't know if there is another plotline that should go with this funeral plotline. I don't. I honestly don't know if they should, should have done this funeral because Robin Trokey, who is the yeah. actress, um. Jean didn't die like there was no it was just story like the only reason why Jean is dead was for story yeah it's it's a plot device which is it feels weird it doesn't Are I we, don't know it's, is this supposed to be like Sue's reconciliation like if Glee didn't get a third season was this supposed to be like us feeling something for Sue like is this Jane's Jane Lynch's penultimate performance I mean to be fair by the end of it, she and Will are like best friends. So yeah. maybe because like it's just I don't know. It just feels it, super weird, and it, it doesn't. The, uh, one of the things that yeah. feels weird is that this is an emotional plot line that Glee has earned in a way, at least more than right. other no, than for, other for shoehorned yeah. things, right? Because we've seen Jean, yeah. we know that Sue and Jean have a really close relationship. We know that Sue is only in this yep. time period because of Jean. Uh, so this, this, I think the reason why these two plot lines feel so um, incongruous is because the emotional, the the emotional weight is there. Like I actually feel something. <laughs> so right. No, yeah, I, that's that's part of it too. Um, 
because obviously when we ne- whenever we talk about emotion, we always have to talk about if Glee earned it or not, because mm-hmm. most of the time it didn't. It usually just throws shit at us and is like, feel something, and we say <laughs> no, because... No, like, get away. <laughs> <laughs> but um but this one no totally like we've set up you know we've we've met gene before we've had multiple times where you know sue stood up to her mom about gene um we saw that she has a good relationship with gene and we um, know that sue reached out to becky because of gene like exactly yeah so so like we have a lot of this but I, it just it feels i guess to be fair this isn't I, I can't lay this at Glee's feet as being a problem because in reality, you know, like death is meaningless. Like death yeah. happens for no good reason. And like, sometimes it just happens and you can't expect it. And it just happens. Yeah. Um, But like it, it still feels but it, weird. But it, this is a story. So yeah. death can mean something. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Taking, taking the nihilistic route of like, <laughs> here's this now. Um, Just like for, like if it happened let's compare glee to a soap opera because that's sure. what it is really yeah in a soap opera just people don't just die randomly people no, die for reasons. reasons yeah there's always a reason so it, that's why it feels weird here because it doesn't feel like there's an actual reason or a, at least there's not a good reason yeah for and glee Jean to die glee doesn't really have enough realistic binding to yeah. have death mean nothing you know yeah no i agree but well, yeah, so let's so keep we going moved, um, yeah, because we're going to get straight into the service. We're going to get to <laughs> the actual funeral. You know, you've, they could have had the Willy Wonka tape earlier <laughs> if they yeah. wanted to. Whatever they want, uh, Sue. We begin the funeral sequence with Sue in her car. She's looking at a photo of her and Jean together. It's sad. Yeah. Uh, Sue enters the church or whatever. I guess it's a church because there's like a pastor. Um, it might be a funeral home that just has yeah. like you know rooms for services, something and stuff. like that. Um, yeah. And Sue enters, and she's like, she, "I think Will is right there." And she's like, "Well, did anyone come?" Uh, yeah. And he's like, "Well, yeah, it's full house. Uh, you've got workers from the retirement home. There's other um, residents and their families, and all the Glee Club, of course, and pure imagination." is playing underneath yeah well so specifically it's the opening the pure imagination yeah, the, which is like the xylophone the sort of tinkly yeah. xylophone yeah yeah which is like not gonna lie like it definitely goosebumps, goosebumps that, territory that's, that's not fair <laughs> like that's <laughs> it, yeah you're you're right <laughs> I'm, but I, that's why they pulled the willy wonka right vibe right is to because everyone i don't want to say everyone i feel like it's a pretty ubiquitous either nostalgic it or just like emotional get because it's a pretty commonplace movie yeah well and it's like it's a good movie and i feel like yeah. a lot of like at, le- at least for like from like an american standpoint i feel like a lot of young american children see that movie growing up um and like more recently i like gene wilder died yeah in the time since this episode came out so like you know there's even more like stuff to it now and it's just like Pure imagination has always just made me sort of... It's like such a melancholy song in a way. Like, because it is about, you know, viewing paradise or whatever. But there's a a real melancholy edge that Glee 
uses to their best benefit here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. So the pastor intros Sue uh, during the service, talking about how Gene uh, was like a good person or something. And then Sue yeah. goes up and is unable to speak because of her grief. She's able to get through like a probably about a sentence or two. Yep. And then uh, Mr. Will Schuster decides to step in, get in there. Yeah. No, okay. So that's that's part of it is like. Um, so I was thinking about like, especially with what we've just been talking about. Um, I think honestly, part of this is that Jane Lynch, I think might have just been like, Hey, I need an episode where I actually get to act. Um, for <laughs> I once, need, I need an um, episode to really stretch my legs, <laughs> win an Emmy or two, you know? Um, but, uh, everything that Sue does, especially like in this scene, like feels really not good, but like emotionally Genuine. Like weighty. Like yeah. she does it very well. Yes. Um, so then Shu stands up to like yeah. help her. Why? My who knows? Is, because why we haven't did it have... have to be Will? Right. Yeah, there's there's like, not a great reason. Yeah. I get that the characters think it's okay that Will did this because nobody right. reacts poorly. But me, as a watcher, I'm reacting poorly. You want yeah. to know who who I think should have done this? Quinn. Because Quinn it was Sue's head cheerleader. They have yeah. a established relationship already. I feel I like get they the... have some bad blood though cuz Quinn quit. Still. I think it should have been Kurt maybe. Kurt. Oh yeah, cuz Kurt's been like doing all the yeah. uh, emotional heavy heavy lifting this episode already. I mean, to be fair, I would rather it be Will than Finn because they probably would have sure. used Finn if they weren't going to use Will. Um, I just, yeah, like, I think it's, I just don't like that they used Will. No, I, I don't either. I think it's I don't, fine yeah. to have the plot device of, like, her not being able to read it. Right. But it shouldn't have been Will to do the reading. No. Uh, the quote that I pulled out is, um, she uh, in this little speech that she's written it talks about being tethered to someone and reaching for that tether and feeling like you're falling into nothingness yeah which is really that was the powerful part for me did you pull anything out um overall i think it's just a really good speech like it's a really nice eulogy um and like i didn't actually pull any pieces out the one note that i had was that i don't really want or need to see either the glee kids faces or yeah will's face during any of this there's like, a lot of panning over the glee club because okay see maybe <sighs> this is part of the reason i don't like this um i guess this is supposed to be something about how like how this affects all of these children and i'm like i'm not here for that yeah i care about like- <laughs> how it's affecting sue Exactly, because she's the one who it actually <laughs> impacts in any way. Like, none of these kids maybe, knew Gene. Maybe I care about how it affects Kurt, because yeah. like, we know about his dead mom. Right, exactly. Uh, but that's about it. Yeah, so I, I did make a note that Rachel and Quinn have the decency to cry during this scene. <laughs> um, but also, also, when Will starts reading Sue's eulogy, because she wrote it down on like a, a couple pieces of paper and she handed to him to have him read it um when he starts reading it he has this line near the beginning where he does a super weird pause that 
just sounds awful. <laughs> and I'm like, you're reading a eulogy. Like, read ahead, asshole. Like, don't, <laughs> don't like, read, like, don't read half a sentence out loud and then be like, uh, it's just, it was very jarring to me be, because it's be supposed to be an to emotional he, scene. It's he just, might not, like, he might just not be a very good reader. <laughs> don't be mean to Will. Who are you talking to? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. But anyway, yeah, so... After the eulogy, um, we get the New Directions singing Pure Imagination. And this is where um, we see more which, of like, you know, what the... We already had a hinted, but... Yeah, this is where well, where we see what most of the service like setup looks like. There's um, yeah. like mushrooms and little... Like the inside of um, like the candy room with the Chocolate River. Yes. In the Chocolate Factory. Uh, yep. Which I love the, that sort yep. of decoration for a memorial service. I think it's um, it's festive. Yeah, um, it's, it's they nice. have like a chocolate fountain too. Yeah, yeah it's great. Um, uh, but, Tina uh, does but yes. the does the uh, talking ahead. intro to Pure Imagination. Uh, yep. And then the group trades lines for singing it. I didn't like Finn's line, but that's because I am judgy. I think yes. Kurt well, sounds angelic. <laughs> yes see that's i wrote down uh so kurt and finn lead which is very hit and miss um <laughs> because kurt's bits are great and finn's bits are not as much um tina and Artie also get some leading parts though which is both of them sound pretty good um the note that i had not everyone seems to be there like mentally oh yeah um, <laughs> like <laughs> sam and buck back, are just Sam's like just zoning sort of out all around <laughs> i noticed like, that too I was like, it's because that's there, there, there again. Why are you trying to make this like? I obviously like this isn't a lesson for the Glee Club or anything. Yeah. Like, I don't know why we're doing this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you so. think Cord Overstreet's like acting choice was there? <laughs> uh, good question. I uh, maybe he's thinking how much of this. How much of this. Well, are you just laughing about the fact that I can't yeah. think of anything? <laughs> yes. Um, my only thought is maybe like how how many how much of this candy can I steal before anyone would realize it's gone? Yeah, probably. I don't know. You uh, know, could so, feed his family for a couple weeks. So this during pure imagination. Wow, that's <laughs> I just that just sort of sank in for me. During pure imagination, Sue reaches out and holds Will's hand. And there's a film yeah. of Gene and Sue together um, playing on the on like a little TV that got rolled in. And, yep. and then Sue thanks them at the end. Yes. Well, the, so that that little like film role is the reason I realized that this episode didn't happen because the actress who plays Gene actually died mm-hmm. because they have like I was like why on earth would they have bulk footage of like Sue teaching the actress who plays Jean, like Jane Lynch teaching the actress who plays Jean how to cheerlead. Um, And then I realized, oh, she's not actually dead. No. Like I was under that impression up to this point in my first watch of the episode where I was like, oh, they they had to do this because the actress died. Nope. That's just not true. (laughs) So the next scene is uh, Finn. Uh, Finn is crying in his truck. Uh, you know, normal Glee stuff, people crying in the front seat of cars. Quinn yep. uh, comes into the uh, truck and is like, 
oh yeah, there was a long line in the bathroom. Everybody had to fix their mascara. And then she's like, why are you crying, Finn? Which is a strange question to ask after a funeral, I think. But uh, yeah. he's like, I am crying because I'm breaking up with you. Yeah, so this is, again, no real reason. We're just doing something for the hell of it, Yeah, I guess. Because, so Finn, Finn claims that, like, so he, he says, like, oh, Sue's eulogy, that line about being tethered to someone, I don't feel that way about you, which is, like, Sue was talking That's, about yeah, her sister. Sue, Sue was not talking like, about <laughs> be, dating the head cheerleader, okay? She was talking about, like... <laughs> a lifelong relationship with her sister. So, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, it's, yeah. It's so, a strange anyway, but yeah, metaphor. so <laughs> then Quinn reacts by being like, yeah. "Well, we aren't breaking up. That's not happening. We are gonna stay <laughs> dating and become prom king and queen next year." That's when Finn is like, "What <laughs> are you talking about? Do you feel anything? This is real. This is happening." <laughs> No, I, I did write down that line. He says, don't you feel anything anymore? Which yeah. is like a bonkers thing to say to anyone. <laughs> like, it, it what are you talking very, about? It's a weird thing for Finn to say because we've talked about it, how Quinn has seemed sort of removed um, and just yeah. wanting to become prom queen. Like, it's that's the only reason why she's yeah. dating Finn. That's like her only goal or whatever. So we know that Quinn is sort of detached and removed from this right. high school experience, but Finn doesn't know that, <laughs> or does he? Right. Yeah. Well, so, see, I don't know because, like, so he asks her that, and then she starts crying, and then she's like, "Is this enough emotion is, for you?" Yeah, is and this then she enough, like is this runs real out enough of the car. For you? <laughs> Which. Which, the best part that I had about that is that Finn immediately, when she says that, Finn is immediately like, oh, I'm sorry, I love you, I didn't mean it. And I was like, typical Finn. As soon as I he don't... realizes that he's losing someone, he, like, sinks his claws back in, tries tries to grab him back. I don't know if that's how I read that part. I feel like it's he's trying to convince her to not cry because of the things he said, which is a very uh, straight white man sure. thing to do. You know, like being like, I still mean yeah, everything I said. Too. I just don't want you to... Have any emotion, please. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pl- please stop crying in front of me. It makes me uncomfortable because I know that I caused it. This is a satisfying breakup, though, I think. Oh, yeah. You know? This is, uh, yeah, this how Finn... many breakup scenes have we actually gotten? Like, um, So, Barty? Oh, did they? Well, we found out that was a breakup afterwards, though. But, but remember, like, that caused some actual uh, yes. emotion, too. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Surprise, mostly, but th- yeah. <laughs> um, and then there was the Rachel and Finn. They broke up like twice, uh, close to right. Christmas, if yeah. you recall, because uh, Rachel kissed Puck, and oh, what a heartbreaker! Um, I guess but there's yeah. the Finn and Quinn from last season when Finn finds out that Quinn's been lying to him <laughs> for months. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's I, I agree that this scene though is very good. Like yeah. very good breakup scene, very satisfying. It's an um, actual satisfying Flynn scene because it feels yes. like the characters are truly talking to each other. Because a lot of this, uh Finn even says it himself. Like he's like, I don't know what I was doing, um, getting back together with you. Sort of feels like Ryan Murphy is trying to talk to the other writers. <laughs> 
through the character. Guys, guys, we agreed about this. Finn and Rachel get together. They are Stop end trying game. to put Quinn back into it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, so so that's that scene. That's that. The scene. next scene. We get a, Maggie, we, we get another shot. Here's though. the dope. We. I know, but before we oh, get yeah. there, right? Uh, as so, Quinn is running off in the funeral parking lot, and then we see Rachel getting into her car because Finn's looking at her. I guess. Well, and she's also smiling, isn't she? Yeah, she's got a big ass smile I feel on like her face. Rachel is smiling. It's weird. <laughs> Which is not how people typically leave funerals. Yeah. So, um, she usually probably saw a, the breakup. Yeah, usually it's a little bit more somber. So yeah, the. Let's get get to the next scene. I know you're so ready for it. Uh, Jesse is being filmed by yes. Brittany. Yes. So um, Jesse and Will are discussing the results of the auditions. Uh, he apparently Jesse asked Brittany to tape this because it he, allows him to really get into it for, for the practice. reality show judge. Yeah. Mentality. He, Sam, yeah. it's like skiing with no skis. You know. That is that's the right. metaphor he uses. Uh. <laughs> his reasoning but for yeah, so his choice, uh, because he's like, It's Rachel, obviously. Here's the dope, it's Rachel. Uh Santana is too mean, uh Kurt is too controversial, and Mercedes is a lazy bones. Two right. two racist things, one homophobic thing. Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, so, uh, Shu is not comfortable with it being recorded, obviously, mostly because he's scared of Jesse, um, and he seems, so in this scene, we get a little bit where Will asks multiple times to confirm that by doing this, like, by, by shitting on your favorite, like, by, by telling one of your children that they're your favorite child and shitting on the rest of them, they will beat vocal adrenaline at Nationals. Yeah, and Jesse um, says yes. He compares it to his own family. Uh, like, the, yes. the St. James siblings well, Jesse, are fucked yeah, up, yeah. man. Because <laughs> he, he was the favorite. And his parents right. nagged the other two, I guess. And I mean, I've been using neg well, no, a lot, they, they, but that's they what told, they did. Yeah. No, well, they, they told, they told, they had all three of their children present and said that Jesse was their favorite yes. child, um, which might have led to his brother's whippet addiction and his sister's bulimia. Um, Pretty intense there, bud. But, yeah. And uh, Jesse is a, <laughs> is a college dropout. Like, none of these kids are doing great. <laughs> no. Um, the best part, though, is that Jesse does say, like, he, he's telling Will this, and he says, but, you know, my, I think my parents owed them the truth, um, <laughs> which is just awful. Uh, Brittany um, invites him Will, on fondue Will for two seem, also. Uh, I want to I want to put that in. <laughs> yes. Yep. Um, so that way she can he that way he can judge her cat. Judge her cat. I think is what she says. Um, um, but uh, Will seems seems like he's willing to kind of take this really hyper aggressive competitive route Um if it means they can beat vocal adrenaline. Which might so. just be uh, him trying to get Jesse to stop talking because he's afraid of Jesse. So the next scene is uh, back in Sue's office. It's Becky and Sue. Sue is mm-hmm. letting Becky back on the squad, uh, describes uh, what compelled her to kick her off as womb rage uh, because of menopause. Yeah. And then names Becky yep. captain for next year 
and they hug. Yep. Um, so I only had one note about the scene. Um, that's Sue asks for a hug, mm-hmm. and that feels super weird. Why? Like the way that that interaction, it it's just I don't know why, but when I watched it, it just felt really awkward when sure. Sue. Like, because I think part of it is that the way that Sue does it, and I think that might just be, and honestly, I don't think this is poor acting. I think this is actually just part of Sue's character, is that the way that Sue asks for this hug is that she tells Becky all this stuff. She's like, oh, by the way, you're going to be head cheerleader. Like, you need to keep that. And then as Becky's turning to leave, she says, no, don't leave. Like, you're not allowed to leave yet. I want a hug. And it feels like... Yeah. it, It just... I don't know. It doesn't fit with Sue's personality, really. And so, like, obviously... That's but the hug itself is great. Like the hug itself is very like soft and I, I, sweet. I had emotional reactions that were yeah, it's very good. It's very good. But I think we need just to asking normalize for it felt well, super weird to me. I think we need to normalize asking to touch people. <laughs> you know? Oh, no, no, like, that's asking, that's totally fine. Asking yeah. to hug someone is a good thing to do instead of just hugging them. I agree. And I just want to make clear, I'm not saying that like the fact that she was asking for a hug was weird. It was I'm saying just, the, sure. the way that Sue does it feels weird. Sure. Like, totally. Like it, it, it just feels in the, like, and this, I mean, this is going way, like way farther than I think it really feels, but like it felt a little predatory in a sense of mm. like Sue mm. being like, get over here. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's an awkward thing, but maybe it's just cause yeah. Sue's character isn't, suited to hugging anyone you know except for maybe her sister who has passed yeah so the next scene is sue and will back in the teacher's lounge sue uh wishes will good luck and calls him a good friend which feels like a lie to me but it's not because will did all these things for sue this week that everyone had normal people reactions to well okay so will will didn't Let's clarify something here real quick. The Glee Club did a lot of these things. Will just took credit for a lot of these things. You're like, right. Kurt did all the work. That's part of it. Uh, Finn was just along for the ride as his flunky, and then Will took all the credit. Yeah. Um, she also says that Will has a pure heart, which I was just like, I don't... No. Whatever that is supposed to mean. Um, no. Well, but, she's uh, been thinking yeah, a lot about like good and evil oh. and like that sort of thing. You know, that's she's true. Introspective, and and also she's she's also putting on her political face because yes. she's going to run for the House of Representatives. I love this. Uh, this is going to be like all the next season. That's what this is forecasting is like Sue's campaign. Uh, she t- tells yeah. us and Will that the reason why she's doing it is because Jean um, was facing like a lot of ballooning healthcare costs and in her last few. A uh, few years of life, and Sue wants to address those things. I think that's a very good reason to run for uh, the House of Representatives. Then she reveals her evil plot to reroute the plane. <laughs> she sort of lays on all the all this like complimentary stuff, this plan uh, for her campaign, and then is like, "Hey, but also, I did do this thing." I. Yeah, I, I I tried to get you killed because I was very angry. Um, so then we introduce Terry to the scene um, because Terry is going to cl- clear this up. Um, Sue immediately exits the scene because she says it's getting awkward. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. 
Terry is here to present an American Airlines ad. Yeah, well, that's so. Yeah, so we we transition out of the teachers' lounge into the hallway as we typically do. Um, Terry tells us, as Maggie just said, that she got the Glee Club first class tickets, first class American Airlines tickets um, yeah. to New York. Uh, she did this through uh, complaining about monkey flu, which is not a thing, um, and like dirty planes or something and will's like oh was the plane actually dirty and terry's like oh of course not american airlines planes are spotless <laughs> uh stupid yeah it's it's very much an ad yeah as soon as she got like the head honcho on the line he was like oh well i love the arts i'll send this glee club to new york for free or something like that yeah this is so stupid it's very dumb i guess uh okay hear me out Maybe Glee had not secured the funding to move the actors from L.A., where they normally film, to New York for this episode. So they needed to have the American Airlines ad in there so that they could have the money to move the the actual RL actors over there. Does that make sense? Um, I mean... It does. It's also, it was on Fox, and I feel like Fox just has a long-standing policy. Not just Fox, by the way. I think every major network has a long-standing policy of, if you can shove product placement into your show, do it. Like, See, <laughs> like, I like, I like the mine, more the better. I like mine better, because it's not, I, it follows the same capitalist narrative that yours, your true thing does, but my sort of headcanon... <laughs> Uh, sort of relies on like this idea that Fox doesn't think that Glee can succeed uh, in cutting their funding. Right. You know, so, that so sort of those sort of fun things. Yeah. Uh, in, in a sense, yeah. they are the figgins to Glee. That's they, right. They're yeah. Um, but anyway, so Terry also tells us that she is moving to Miami. Um, Sheets and things is opening a new branch down there, and she's going to be um, a manager. Yeah. No yeah, assisting. Finally. Um, no assisting, indeed. But uh, this transitions kind of rapidly into a yes. scene with Will and Emma, where like Will turns away from well, Terry, yeah, Terry, who is just staring Will, at him. Terry and Will hug, um, and yes. then Terry says, "Like, see you around," and Will's just like, "Uh huh." And then he turns around, and there and there's Emma. She's wearing the vest from before. Um, She's wearing it surprisingly yep. well. She's got like a brooch that matches her uh, like teal-ish skirt. No, it looks good. Emma is doing the same thing that she's been doing this whole episode, which is supporting Will in his New York dreams. Yeah, she she essentially wishes him goodbye in this scene. Which it is... was the same. It's the same scene three times. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> yep. Um. So let's move to the next scene. We're oh, in the auditorium. We, you oh. should. We should mention she kisses Will on the cheek. Oh, I didn't even I didn't even write that down. But yeah, it is it is it does happen because we're trotting out that old pony again too. But it's a bit it's a big step, I guess, because she initiated human contact. That's true. The next scene is Saint Barry meeting on stage because where yep. else would they have a romantic tryst but on stage? Yeah. So um, it starts by like we see Jesse's boots, and then Rachel says. <laughs> jesse and then he's like oh you remember the sound of my boots which oh, is you the, there's one important uh adverb there the masculine sound of my boots 
Um, but yeah, so, uh, Jesse tells her that she is going to be the featured soloist. Um, and I wrote down that this seems kind of nefarious. Um, I think you just are distrustful of Jesse. Which I think I have every right to be. The show set it up that he's not worthy of trust. Like, <laughs> I, I suppose. But he says he says here, he's like, the reason I came back was to set things right. He basically confesses to Rachel that she is more important than anything else. And then he kisses her. Yeah. Well, okay. And then in interspersed in this, Finn oh somehow knew to be here. Like, yeah. Like Finn's- he somehow knew that Rachel was going to be in the auditorium. Yeah, because he so he he enters the auditorium during the scene. He doesn't interact with the other two characters, but he does see Jesse and Rachel kiss, and we also see that he's holding a flower. Um, so he knew Rachel was there. Yeah, like and as Saint Barry like exit from the stage holding hands. Uh, c- can we talk about their kiss one second though? Sure. Rachel yeah. is completely stationary, and Jesse sort of like leans down into her space to kiss her. Did you notice that? Ugh. I mean, I didn't actively notice it, but now that you say it, yeah. Rachel oh, doesn't really move at all to... Um, she kisses him back a little bit, I guess, it seems, but... Yeah. She doesn't really, like, go up on her tiptoes or anything like she does with Finn and what she did with Jesse before. Whatever. It's a weird yeah. moment. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So Finn sees all of this and holds up, like, a... Like the flower that he sort of extend, he extends like a flower, the flower out towards Rachel at the end of the scene, and then he gets down on his knees and screams "No!" at the ceiling. <laughs> See, yeah, um, he doesn't do that. But what if he did? I mean, it would have been so much better. I think Rachel. I think I would think that he and Rachel would make more sense together because Rachel needs that kind of drama in her life. She and does. Finn just isn't there for it. So, um, I don't, was I supposed to feel sad when I looked at the flower, Sam? I guess it's kind of droopy. It you is know? droopy. I have a, I have a drawing of it in my notes, and let me it's tell like, you, it's droopy. It's like a single tulip. Is the <laughs> yes. thing like? <laughs> it's like a weird flower to pick. Um, also, do you think it's a metaphor for his penis? <laughs> I mean, it is now. <laughs> Finn, Finn has a really weird shaped penis. And the, Makes the flower sense. is very flaccid. <laughs> but yeah, so so essentially we've established that St. Barry is back. It's people. happening, I guess, because Rachel didn't put up a fight for it to not happen. Then we go to the uh, the hallway where the list is supposed to be posted about who's going to be the best performer yes. from those auditions. Instead, it says urgent meeting today uh, instead of an actual list. And everyone is very upset about it. Then we go to the choir room and Will yeah. does a speech. Yes. He, he essentially tells Jesse to fuck off. Yeah. He does the glee <laughs> set like in real time, basically. He's like, we're going back yeah. to what we were doing a couple days ago yeah so essentially we're gonna do original songs we're gonna do duets and group numbers instead of doing a featured soloist because you know that's what we do and they're all nice to each other. so before this they're all like being mean to each other like santana and kurt are like dissing on each other which was and then after he says this yeah which oh, was yeah. like jesse's goal i guess like he wants everyone to he's like just wait we'll have everybody at each other's throats by the time they perform and it's like why would you want that (laughs) 
very strange. Um, I mean, that is the argument for like capitalism, though, is that like sure. if you make everyone fight for it, then you'll get the best performances because they're all going to be at the top of their game or whatever. But they're also going to hate each other a lot. So <sighs> what a bummer, man! I what know. a bummer. But yeah, so then they're all nice to each other yeah. to prove the point that there's like a... if they work as a team, they'll be nice. Yeah, there's a moment yeah. when Rachel is like, oh, Santana, how to get that raspy quality to your voice? And Santana's like, oh, how nice. Well, I smoke cigars. <laughs> yes. It's great. The complimenting is really nice. I always like it when they're nice to each other. Yes. Especially when Santana is nice to people because it's just so different than like her normal uh sassy bitchiness which you know i like both but um anyway uh jesse looks a little incredulous at this um and then finn to to close out this episode yeah finn thanks quinn for For not not quitting quitting. (laughs) like he's like hey thanks for not quitting glee club because i broke up with you and (laughs) which is a weird thing to say i think right like it's like no in in a couple ways one um, I we do know that Quinn's relationship was very important to her, right. I guess. Um, but we also like it, it, Finn. The Glee Club is not your space. Like, right? You, yeah. you can't just take it, take it, and be like, "Well, this is mine." And because we're broken up, you can't have it. Like, that's not how it works. No, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, it, it, and then the other thing is, it's just like very unprompted. Like, yeah, and well. Quinn says something very interesting to finish the episode. She's like, well, of course I can't quit. Um, I have big New York plans. And that's, yeah. that's it. That's the whole thing. Yes. Um, to be fair, I do like the ending yeah. because it is so bad, but it's like very good because just, she's just like... "What?" So, so before we get to the podcast business, what do you think Quinn's big New York plans are? I think Quinn's big New York plans are to join a lesbian that's what i was gonna say (laughs) the lesbian colony that santana brought up exactly no um yeah i mean i don't know maybe she'll rob a bank yeah like i I literally have no idea maybe she's just gonna stay in new york maybe she'll get a selfie with a statue of liberty i literally have no fucking clue what her like quote big plans are so <laughs> gonna take a big bite of that out of that apple just you wait <laughs> but yeah so that that's how the episode ends which again like i think we've talked about it in the past about how like glee could use some work on how it ends episodes yeah this one is really bad it's so <laughs> this weird is... it, it just sort of grinds to a halt like it's going yep. pretty full well, speed yeah. and then it's just like done. Yeah, we're we're done. We give up. Um but yeah, let's let's you know, let, let's take a step back. Let's 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 reevaluate this episode in the podcast the business. Podcast business. Podcast Podcast business. Business. But it's a metaphor. And metaphors are important. Gold stars are important because gold stars, gold stars are, are a metaphor for, for me being, being a star. star. I have. I hope that about, audio was listenable. Yeah, I have about a third of my zesty blood orange diet coke to go. So let's get this over with. Okay. Um, I don't remember who went first last week. Do you want to go first for gold star? Sure. Uh, I am gonna give my gold star to Sue. Cool. Um, I'm also gonna give my gold star to Sue. Great. Because. Cool. 
I mean, like we've talked about it a lot during this episode, but like, that's it. The the only character who really has any emotional acting or plot lines that are good is Sue. It's true. So, but that's the purpose, right? Like, the episode was for Sue. Right. That's why it's called Funeral. Like, anyway, yeah. So, let's move to best number. We can get to the rating in just a second here, and we can rag on it as much as we want. But let's get to best number. What do you think was the best number of this episode? I think the best number of this episode uh, was Pure Imagination. Yeah, yeah. I also I picked wish Pure it, Imagination. I, w- <laughs> I wish it was longer. Um, yeah. Honorable mentions for me are... Back to Black by Santana, because yep. I love it when she sings Amy Winehouse. I'm just a real big fan of Naya Rivera's voice doing those covers. Yep. Uh, and I really like Try a Little Tenderness by Mercedes. Yeah. I actually, honestly, I actually like pretty much all of the performances in this episode. I do too. Um, the problem, I, I also picked Pure Imagination, mostly because... Um, I, I was saying this before we got on the call, but like I just listened to like the actual track that was on itunes um and it has the full length and like it just sounds really good like it, like and again there's also a lot of like emotional weight for that song anyway yeah <laughs> so like kudos to glee for you know stealing it but like you know you can use that emotional weight sometimes that's fine yeah. um but the the other performances are great too um they were all just clumped in the middle there yeah and they were all really short yeah clumped in the middle and they they you know, are trapped on the stage. Yeah. I don't know why Glee writes itself into these sort of corners where they have to do performances that way. Yeah, I mean, it's easy. Is it? Only one person has to learn the song, Maggie. <laughs> I guess. And they don't have to do choreography. They don't have to train on, yeah. on like a choreography number. And I mean, even the group number this episode in Pure Imagination, they just stand completely still. So, except for Sam, who yep. is looking all all around off in the distance yeah um last bit of podcast business yes what would you rate this episode out of five slushies i'm gonna give this episode two slushies out of five i think um i i think it's a there are some genuine moments in the episode some actual good acting some okay storytelling but the pace of the season overall is just pretty tanked Right, we're supposed to go to nationals next week and feel fucking pumped for that. I don't know if I really am. No, yeah, that's. I also gave it two out of five slushies. Um, weirdly, I, just a full sweep this week for between the two of us. But like, I feel like they should have yeah. should have handed the reins to Alfonso Gomez, who um directed who's directed a lot of penultimate episodes, like right before big competition episodes that are that actually get you excited for them. Right. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, okay, Let, like, maybe the ordering of these past few episodes, like, maybe we could have switched them up a little let's bit. Do, let's do it. Let's do it ourselves. Yeah. So, like, it it feels weird to go straight from prom to national. So, I, I do think we need a break in the middle. Yeah. Like, but even, like, rumors in between them would have been better, maybe? Like, better. Oh, but But it's well, confusing for them to be doing yeah. the rumor songs instead of doing something for nationals. Right. It's confusing here, too, obviously. Right, yeah. That's the problem is I don't know if there is any of the episodes that would be like, oh, like, this makes sense as, like, a weird break. The, the The problem is that this one is the only one that has an event where they're like, oh, no, we have to do this funeral because it's time pressing. 
And yeah. it just happens before the week of nationals. And, like, we couldn't plan for this. Like, we don't have that kind of event anywhere else in the, the back half of the season. So it's like, I don't know what else we could put there. You're but, right. Like, it's it just, just, yeah. It's poor pacing. I've, I've said it again, and I'll keep saying it, I think. I think I'm just going to keep saying it. Also, um, I mean, when we get into the sort of time janky jankiness, you know, when it go- goes all wibbly-wobbly... I think the pacing's going to be pretty shit there, too. So, <laughs> Sure, yeah. Looking forward to um, it. Hey, season three, let's go. Yes. So speaking of time wibbly-wobbliness, mm-hmm. um, we got another email from Joe. Oh, yes. I've been looking forward to know. this all episode. Yes. Listeners know uh, is our very first patron on Patreon. You can also support us there if you want. Just patreon.com slash snmhakely. Um, but and Joe can, emailed us. You can email us. Oh, yeah. Two at snmhakely at gmail.com. Yes. Um, but so Joe emailed us. Um, in the past, Joe has emailed us. Joe was the one who came up with the uh, Sue is a time travel tra- time traveler theory, um, which so far has actually Hell made... True. Yeah, made a lot more sense than anything else that Sue has done. Um, but so uh, this email is a bit long, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick out some parts to uh, address on the air and then i will put up some of the other pieces um on our patreon uh, on our patreon page so that way our patrons can check it out and have a little incentive but so um one of the things here uh is that joe says i've got to stand up for blaine a bit though maggie you say he's evil but i think he's just amoral by human standards (laughs) after all he's a reality bending trickster god right yes i don't think he'd be naturally inclined to think in human terms that said I reckon he's trying, and Blaine trying to think more like a human actually leads into why Emma's been so weird this season. Oh, okay. You see, I too, with my keen, glee-hating eyes, have noticed Emma's out-of-character behavior lately. And there can be only one explanation. Blaine has stolen the real Emma and replaced her with a golem. (laughs) He wants to learn how to be more human so that he can be a good partner for Kurt. I'm pretty sure there's some reverse Stockholm Syndrome going on here. But having read Kurt's mind, Blaine Blaine knew that Emma, as a qualified guidance counselor, was the logical choice to help him come to terms with his feelings and better integrate into humanity. And, being an immortal trickster god in love, the logical course of action was to imprison her in his private school subdimension and leave an inferior copy at McKinley. The golem is definitely a were-bush baby, though, because Blaine is still Blaine regardless of the dubious purity of his motives <laughs> so, oh my god yeah when, when we're when we we're talking about emma earlier this is all i could think about because like oh it's so good it's yeah, so very good I'm, um i am but yeah sounded so, i am like floored right now the, the idea of emma being trapped is so real because who like who is she? yes you know it was was who carl a golem yeah. also you know? Maybe. Just to torment Will. You mm-hmm. know? Blaine pulling some strings. Um, so, uh, Joe did also clarify that uh, uh, Dalton is a real place, but that Blaine has phased it out of space-time. Oh, okay. Uh, so, he's, so that pulled way it, pe- he's pulled it out of, the dim- out of like, the Glee dimension. Uh, you can yes. still get yeah. to it, but it's... It's out of the time stream. Yeah. I, I gotcha. Exactly. Which, it, 
in keeping with the uh, time agency Sue time traveler theory, um, is one of the ways that Blaine That's why it's is protected. keeping. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then uh, there is also some information here, which is pretty good about mm-hmm. Lord Tubbington um, oh. being a symbiote, uh, uh, a symbiote species with Brittany's species from her planet. <laughs> yeah. Um, which uh, yeah, so there were. There were also questions raised about who does the cam work on Findu for two. I thought that one was fairly obvious. Lord Tubbington. (laughs) Yes. He uses his psychic powers, which he definitely has, because he's an alien. (laughs) I see his and Brittany's relationship as somewhat symbiotic. Back on their home world, although Lord Tubbington's species are dominant, uh, they got got that way by forming bonds with members of Brittany's species. This was beneficial for many reasons, not least of which is opposable thumbs. And petting and pets. (laughs) Most of Lord Tubbington's species have some form of psychic powers, but Tubbington himself is incredibly skilled, and that's why he's been sent to Earth to monitor Brittany's fact-finding mission. Before a lifelong (laughs) bond can be formed between one of Brittany's people and one of the Tubbington's, or uh, one of Tubbington's people, uh, the subservient life form must prove themselves at various tasks under supervision. <laughs> Brittany, has, Brittany has been sent on several qualifying missions to various other planets before now, but has had difficulty blending in with the local cultures. Tubbington, as a senior and powerful member of his species' ruling council, has become fond of Brittany and permitted this one final attempt to qualify as a symbiont. He is putting his reputation on the line, though, and his fellow council members have demanded that he supervise Brittany's mission as the last four supervisors are still in (laughs) in capitalized voluntary (laughs) re-education. This is amazing. Holy shit, this is very good. I mean, that is why Tubbington is a lord. Uh, exactly. He's on this ruling council. Wow. Man. Yeah. You know what? Like, listen, you might need to replace me with Joe. <laughs> we'll see. Um, if anyone's getting replaced, it'd probably be me, though, because I feel like you have more more important things to offer. But... No, you, you definitely have great insights every, every time. <laughs> yes. Let's, let's just pat each other on the back again real quick here. Mm-hmm. But no, um... So, uh, if you if you like that, there's more there's more here. I just I don't I don't want to give it all away quite yet because I yeah. think there's some I'm, and there's also some other stuff about like decoms and stuff. So you ooh, know, I'm very yeah. excited to read it. Uh, thank you so much, <laughs> Joe, for sending that in. If you want to send us email, uh, we'll we'll read it too. If you have great metafiction for us to add into our building, uh, you know, multi-dimensional universe. We'd yep. love to incorporate it. Uh, you can follow us on other parts of social media, too. Uh, we have a Twitter, SNM Hate Glee. We have a Facebook, uh, SNM Hate Glee. Just search that in the Facebook bar, or it's like slash SNM Hate Glee. Uh, yeah. What yep. else? Um, you can follow yeah, us on and... Instagram, too, even though we don't have any Instagram posts. You can follow me on Instagram at mcar.jpg. That's P E G. You can follow yes. my cat on Instagram at Mo than Average. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, just as a another part for Twitter, um, I just wanted to say thank you to uh, uh, Lex's Last Breath on Twitter. Um, it's at Incredible Ted uh, Gold Star for. So these are for the rumors episode. Um, yes, we ask people 
yeah, yeah. Tweeted us your gold star picks, your best number picks, and your ratings. Um, we we love to hear it. And so, uh, uh, Lex's last breath said gold star for to Heather Morris for crying during Songbird. So not Britney, <laughs> but the actress Heather Morris. Um, the best performance was Songbird. And then an overall rating of two and a half slushies for the rumors episode. Um, yeah, it's and, and uh, uh, it looks like Joe also um, similarly said that best number was Songbird uh, and gave it a three out of five slushy rating. Um, and kind of harsh on the, the slushies star. there from both of these folks. <laughs> we only uh, all gave it two, I think. Um, let me just check really quick. Uh, it oh, I gave it three. I gave it three. So, but yeah. And then um, also uh, Joe gave their gold star to Kurt um, because he was one of the two who actually noticed something was up in Sam's life and tried to help without outing him. Um, so, Woo. yeah. So it's, we love hearing that from people. Um, so thank you very much. And uh, yeah, I don't think there's much else here. There's um, nothing else. The next episode is New York. So settle yes. in. We are... We are going to New York just like we were promised in the opening of season two. We've in been the, waiting. In the olden days. In the great book of Glee. <laughs> um, Man, when, we were, when were we recording those episodes? Like fucking October? <laughs> yes. Jesus I think so. Christ. Maybe December? Am I, I think it was actually close to the turn of the year. But anyway, we'll be back next week. We can talk all about that and the end of season two when we come back next week. Until then, I've been Sam. And I've been Maggie, and we hate Glee. From the top.